You are listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Connect with me on YouTube at Past Life Lady or on my Facebook fan page at Past Life Lady. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. events coming up in 2022 and I am so excited and one of the main ones is going to be the Shift Network Ancestral Healing Summit that I'm going to be joining that's going to be January 18th through the 22nd and believe it or not it is free you can watch this and so I hope that you'll look in the link below just click on it go register and you'll get a lot of free content from leading experts in all kinds of fields, including one of the dear friends of the Healing Arts Podcast, my friend Linda Howe will be there, Um, the world-renowned Sandra Ingerman, who does a lot of shamanic healing work, and so many more amazing speakers. And yours truly, I will be talking about Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, the transformative power of genealogical regression. So, and I'll take you on a guided journey in this summit And it's really, really important, I think, that we all are starting to get together and shift our consciousness into how much we can all evolve together when we send love and light to our ancestors. So I hope you'll join me and I'll be talking about it and reminding you um, for the next few weeks. Also in January, we're going to start season 10 of the Healing Arts Podcast, and I will be welcoming my friend, the fabulous Lisa Bonice, who is the host of the Ancestral Healing Summit. She'll be joining me on Healing Arts Podcast uh, because she does some really interesting work too. I mean, there's a lot of fascinating stuff being done out here right now. And like I said, you can be introduced to all of these amazing world-class speakers for free. So check it out. And meanwhile, just know that I'm keeping you and your family and all of your loved ones in my prayers now and always. We have had a rough road, my dear, for the last couple of years. And so we are all moving through this together. And I hope that 2022 turns out to be your very, very best year ever. So take care. Many, many blessings. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Hi there, dear one. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Well, Happy New Year. I certainly hope it is a happy new year for you. I do acknowledge the fact that 
um, we're having a lot of really hard times, as you know, all over the world with this virus. This certainly wasn't how we wanted to start the new year, that's for sure. Still, we all have a lot to be grateful for because we do live in modern times and we have modern conveniences. And, you know, today we're going to talk about ancestors. And I've got my friend Lisa Benice on the show. She's amazing. We're going to be doing that ancestral healing summit. So sometimes, you know, I used to always sit around thinking about past lives when I'm working with clients or if I'm just thinking about them myself. And I, I think, oh my gosh, you know, we must have had it really bad in the Middle Ages, for example. But now that even my own thinking has started to shift more to my ancestors, that makes it even more personal. Can you even imagine what your ancestors must have been dealing with? And I guess it's a good time to really bring this up as we are having so many hard times here because look at your ancestors, man. I mean, they did it. They survived. They got through. They persisted. And I think that it really speaks to how resilient we are as a humanity. So we should spend a little time, you know, blessing our ancestors, honoring them, but just also knowing that, guess what? If they could do this, we can do it too. So no matter what you're going through right now, I certainly hope it's good things. But if it is challenging, let's take this hour today or this almost hour to just think a little bit about our ancestors. Um, and I really, really want you to come to this healing summit that we're doing because first of all, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Um, I've attended some of the Shift Network summits. They're really, really good. Sometimes you think, well, I don't know if I have time. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the whole thing. Well, just sign up anyway because you're going to get to watch a lot of videos from amazing people. And I do want to remind you that starting in March and into April, I'm going to be doing a seven-week-long ancestral Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life class where we're going to go really, really slowly through ancestral healing in a very, very deep and personal way. And so I'll be telling you more about that, but I want you to mark your calendars and just think about it. It's going to be on Wednesday afternoons, but again, it's all on demand and it's going to give me a chance to really get to know the students and really get to go very, very deep into some of this material. It's so transformational to start looking back to the people who helped us get here and extending that grace and healing to them so that we can have a better reality in the here and now. So stay tuned for it. But meanwhile, let's check out my talk with Lisa Benice. She has a super cool thing called the Generations Oracle. It's kind of like a divinatory tool. I love divination, and I think you're going to find it really interesting. So let's settle in and check out my talk with Lisa Benice. Hey, dear ones, welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So I have a lot of amazing friends, and so I wanted to invite one over today for you to meet. I've got the phenomenal Lisa Bonice on the program. I need to read you her amazing bio, because you know what I love about friends is that you learn new things about them every single day. And so we have a lot more in common than I even realized. Lisa Bonice is an award-winning author. She's a former stand-up comedian. 
and she's a program host with the Shift Network, where she's interviewed luminaries such as the phenomenal Greg Braden, amongst many, many more. Her first book, Shape Shifting, The Body, Mind, Spirit, Weight Solution, includes a foreword by Neil Donald Walsh, who's been a guest on our show too. Her true crime novel, Fear of Our Father, was featured twice on Investigation Discovery Network. Amazing. And her newest novel is, I'm going to try not to laugh, but it is a metaphysical comedy and it's called The Poppet Master, which I love. Um, it's available wherever books are sold. And of course, we're going to have all the links to all of Lisa's amazing stuff uh, below here. So check them out. And her latest book is called The Maxwell Curse. It's a work in progress about breaking the ties that bind us to our family's past histories. Lisa, it is a complete joy. You are totally awesome and welcome to Healing Arts. I'm so glad that we're finally doing this. We've been talking about it for a while and today is finally here. So hooray, let's, let's have a fun conversation. Yes, I'm so excited. You know, I was amazed. I did not realize that you were a former stand-up comedian and um, I don't even know if my friends here from the Healing Arts Podcast even know this, but many years ago, I was guided when I was going to New York City to take a stand-up comedy class through Stand-Up um, Comedy Institute in New York. And I, I did a set on, at Stand-Up New York, I think it was called. You had to graduate by standing on that stage with that spotlight hitting you in the face. I never did anything with it, but I have to say that is the toughest gig I have ever had, it was so terrorizing that I said, well, there's nothing I can't do now. And so I just want to give you total kudos for actually pursuing that. And I was wondering, before we get into what we really want to talk about, if you would just share, how did you get into that? That is amazing. Actually, I, I just sort of fell into it. I was a waitress at a comedy club um, and uh, I worked there for years and years because I just loved it so much. It was such a fun job. And I hung out with the comics. We became, uh, many of us became really good friends who I'm still in touch with today. And uh, after many years of, of just waiting tables, I, I was dating a comic and I, <laughs> I, he unceremoniously dumped me. And somehow this just triggered in my mind, you know what, I can get up there too. And <laughs> so I did. <laughs> And uh, I, I performed for like seven years. I toured the country. I worked with some, some of the biggest names in showbiz. And uh, I ended up actually quitting because um, after I moved to LA, you know, I, I built up enough of a career to where I thought, you know what, it's time to move to Los Angeles. We'll give this a try. And then once uh, uh, I ended up in LA, I realized I hate showbiz. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I couldn't stand the whole, uh, the, the, the business end of what Hollywood is really like. And it's really like what they show you on TV. In fact, it's, it's worse. And it, I just wasn't cut out for the business end of it. Although I still really loved uh, the being on stage and the performing and getting laughs. I, I actually got up a couple of years ago and did a set at, uh, at the local improv um, after 25 years of not being on stage just for fun and did it the one time. And I haven't been back up yet, but yeah, it was a it was a fun chapter in my life. Wow, that is so interesting. And you and I have other amazing, interesting things in common because we both enjoy ancestral healing. And I was just wondering, how did you ever get into ancestral healing? Well, this was this was sort of a, a long circuitous path because first of all, I didn't realize that there was something called ancestral healing until I'm 
know, maybe five, six years ago. So I was doing my own version of it without realizing that's what I was doing. It really wasn't until I started working with the Shift Network, which is about six years ago, uh, coming up on six years, um, that I started hearing, you know, some of the Shift Network teachers and summit guests just mentioning in passing the this phrase, ancestral healing. And I was like, sounds like what I'm doing. And the more I paid attention to what they were being said, the more I realized there's something here. And that's when I approached shift about, you know what, why don't we do a summit? Uh, I'd love to start interviewing people. And, you know, I, I will admit to selfish motives because I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to interview these people so I could ask them the questions I was dying to know. So that's, I guess, my official launch into the, the official phrase, ancestral healing. But again, I've been doing genealogy research and recognizing family patterns and things that were like, oh, I get how this works now. So I was again, doing it sort of organically on my own until I found this, this community of us that's much bigger than I ever dreamed it would be. Absolutely. I have been watching um, some of your past ancestral healing summit appearances. And I know you talked about your, your upbringing and your background, your religious background, and I, how that in, uh, kind of influenced your getting into the working with the ancestors. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Well, hmm, let's see, where do I even start with that? One yeah, of the, yeah. It's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I, I guess the, the beginning of that was I was, I was brought up Catholic and I'm, I'm a, a recovering Catholic, as many of us call it, because uh, Catholicism didn't like me because I'm a girl don't tell them. Um, so, so I sort of strayed away from, from the, the official church, but I realized that there's a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom and there's a lot of depth. So when I started trying to connect with the, the beauty behind the, the dogma and the rules and the hatred for females, et cetera, um, I started feeling like I was connecting to some of my my distant ancestors that were, you know, that had this same sort of um, spiritual connectedness. Uh, but I never really embraced the Catholic side because I always had these questions um, that they would get mad at me for asking. But as I started diving into my family's history, I discovered that one whole branch of my family were Presbyterian. And I never knew that growing up. And, you know, there's this big rift between, you know, Protestants, which is, you know, right. that's a branch of this, between them and Catholics. And the questions that the Protestants were asking were the same questions that I was asking. So it's like I was waging this sort of a holy war within myself. And uh, again, that's one of those things that once I had that aha moment of, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I've just got you know, a lot of uh, ancestral conversations going on inside my head. Um, and I think that's probably realizing that was very freeing. I, I stopped feeling uh, any Catholic guilt for the questions that I was asking. And it was, it was a very healing realization. Absolutely. And the thing that's so interesting, you, you really have learned how to work with your own ancestors and so and you've developed some tools and i was just wondering if you could speak to us about how you first started developing this communication that you have that's so strong and then how that evolved 
into some nice. tools that I love. <laughs> right. Well, it it began um, when I discovered um, a couple of really interesting stories in my genealogy research. Um, I well, let me back up a little bit. What it, where it actually began was I'd always felt like there's got to be a curse against me, even though I didn't believe in curses, I would, I would use that phrase, oh, I must be cursed to any of my friends who would listen to me, they get tired of, oh, I must be cursed because nothing ever works for me and blah, 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 blah. And then I was talking with Sandra Ingerman, um, and she was describing the symptoms of, of a curse. And pardon the use of that word, I know it's a touchy one, but let's just use it and, and move on. Uh, she was describing the symptoms of a curse, and it was exactly what I've been saying all these years. So I went to a shamanic practitioner that Sandra had trained, uh, someone local, and when she did a shamanic journey, she saw that in uh, a certain era, a certain time period, uh, there was a witch trial where um, one of my ancestors uh, was the accusers. Uh, the, my, my, my family accused another family. And as a result, the accusers put a curse on my family lineage that, you know, you shall suffer as we have suffered. And these people were, were uh, tried, convicted, and burned at the stake. So I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's pretty creepy. Uh, so when I got home from the, this shamanic journey, I looked into my family tree because like I said, she gave me sort of a time frame, and I'll be damned if I didn't find a really well-documented witch trial, which was almost exactly what she described. So I started looking into this and, you know, you fast forward because there, there's big blocks of time you can't find in, in ancestry unless the people were wealthy, that's when it's documented. But in the, uh, the following years, you know, the family sort of dropped off, off, the, uh, off the map. But I also discovered that about 100 years ago, it'll be 100 years in uh, 2024, um, my great-grandfather, his brother, and their nephew were killed in a fiery mine explosion. So these people died by fire. And then in following generations, my grandmother died as a result of a house fire. My uncle uh, ended up becoming the fire chief of his small community because his house kept catching fire. So he wanted to learn how to, how to combat this. So there's a lot of, there are other instances, but I discovered that this fiery curse is now manifesting in fires and burning diseases, et cetera. There's a lot of burning in the family. So I decided I need to look into this. So uh, because I'm a writer, I thought I'm going to write a story about this because A, it's fascinating. And B, uh, by uh, our modern day work on uh, ancestral healing and clearing this curse, et cetera, amazing things have happened. So it's this series of three books. That's the Maxwell curse that you mentioned earlier. But I, I'm, I'm, this is a long story to answer your question. Uh, to, to tell the story properly, I wanted to be as historically accurate as I possibly can. And because the two events are so well documented, that's easy. But I needed to build characters. I need to express people's personalities and, and dialogue, et cetera. And then the little things, the day-to-day -day things that happen in addition to the, the big documented things. So I decided I'm going to, you know, try to communicate with these people as much as I can, especially since I felt like they really wanted me to tell this story. I was feeling tremendous nudging from them. And so 
one of the things that I did was I ran astrology reports because um, Scotland, where most of this happened or where the story began, has wonderful birth records with the time of day that uh, that somebody was born. Wow. So I was able to run uh, astrology reports. Um, and then, of course, I ran compatibility reports so I could see how their personalities would interact with one another and how they would interact with me. So that's how I began to know their personalities. And um, then uh, I, I also used numerology, but I also use um, my, my friend Carrie Paris created this amazing uh, deck called the Spirit Oracle, uh, where she took, she collected photos of people's ancestors and she built this beautiful Oracle deck. And I will use that deck when I'm stuck in the book. Okay. What happened next? And I'll lay out a couple cards and it'll tell me exactly where to go with the story. And as a result of uh, getting to know Carrie and working with her deck, she and I ended up creating uh, something called the generations Oracle, which is uh, a whole nother thing entirely. And I'll tell you what, it blows my mind every time I use it. There are times when I'll get messages that I'm just like, there's no way this can be because it's just so true and so accurate. But uh, as, uh, as again, Sandra Ingerman says that the more you work uh, with, with your ancestors, the more they'll really, they will make the effort to connect. So I've got a really strong uh, connection with the, some of the people, some of them, not so much, but others are just like, they're, oh, tell our story. They're really into the idea. And it's, so I've got some co-authors. Yeah, this, uh, friends, I will have a link to all of this because that generational oracle is absolutely fascinating. And um, I love it. I think it's wonderful. So, 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 so interesting. Can you share a little bit about a little bit of a little bit of the process of how it works, this oracle? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's got a reading cloth. Um, and on the reading cloth is the print of uh, a family tree and the branches, you know, it has the, the main trunk, but then it branches off into the mother's side of the family, the father's side of the family, and then from the mother and father up to the grandparents and then the great grandparents. So when you're using your casting charms, uh, wherever it lands is either who has a story to tell or who the story's about, because I, uh, as people who are into ancestral healing know, you shouldn't try to make contact with unwell ancestors. You should wait to speak to the ones who've been gone long enough to where they've sort of worked off their human gunk. And uh, so, so if, uh, if a story, if, if the charm uh, lands on a recent ancestor, I will ask for a uh, more removed ancestor to help uh, with the communication. And then also at the top of the reading cloth, there's what we call the ancestral cloud. And that's where anybody who has been dead long enough to where they're not really attached to their name, their life story, et cetera, the ones who have the big picture view, uh, that's who you really wanna communicate with. So that's the basic cloth, but then we also have added uh, these, their coins, just little um, round coins where we've used a combination of Lenormand symbols and uh, 12 extra coins that are just for this kit itself. So you can use those to, once you've determined who you're talking to, you can use the coins to start building stories, build sentences and to learn their stories. And that's just uh, sort of scratching yeah. the surface. Yeah, we'll have the links. I, I think it's fascinating. I really love divination because I love the idea of 
each person getting in touch with, in this case, their ancestors or even their own higher self through these tools that help us with our own personal discernment. I'm a huge fan of that. I wanted to mention something about curses that you probably didn't know we had in common either, but um, I had written a book about the damned many years ago because I asked my mailing list. I felt like I was blessed. And so I was saying, hey, are you blessed or cursed? And then I started receiving letters from the cursed and began working with them. And so that was the other thing that brought me into the work that I'm now doing with the genealogical regressions and things. Because of course, when we're, as you well know, when we're dealing with ancestors, there are many people who are dealing with curses from the past. And sometimes through these tools that you and I are talking about, we can go back and really make a huge impact in the whole lineage by just bringing that conscious awareness to it. So I, I'm a fan of that too, Lisa. It's awesome. That's, I, I love that. First of all, that that you believe that curses are real, that, that this is a genuine thing because you know there's a lot of people out there who say, well, curses can't affect you if you don't believe in it or if you don't allow it to. Well, you don't know what you're talking about you know? yeah. because you know there are times we don't even know that something like this has happened. And again, I didn't know about this until just a relatively few years ago. Once I discovered it, Oh my God, so many things made sense and all the weird psychic phenomenon and the, the, the crazy stuff that was happening in my family, things that couldn't be explained otherwise, now they just make so much sense. And as we dismantle this curse, I, haven't, I even traveled to Scotland to, uh, to try to begin to make amends to uh, the, these, you know, these poor people. There's five people who were executed. So I went to the actual gallows green uh, where the where they were murdered, and you know I sprinkled some holy water and I did some apology prayers, and uh, that seemed to have a, a pretty big shift. I think there's still more work that needs to be done. I think they really want their story told. I think that that's going to be uh, the big the big healing for them. And so that's, that's uh, what I'm working on as well as I'm going back to Scotland to do even more research so that I can, uh, I've got a lot of their story already. Cause again, very well documented. I've got the court transcripts and the confession documents and oh my God, the, the story is just mind blowing and they want it told. I can't wait to read this. What part of Scotland is this that you're talking about? Um, it's the, the witch trial happened in, uh, I guess it's a suburb of Glasgow now, but, um, it's, uh, it was the outskirts of Glasgow at the time. Interesting. I've got, um, Scottish ancestry too. So like I said, you, you and I are on the same page about many, many things. Now, one of the things I do love is your storytelling. And so I wanted to know if you could share some of your favorite stories about your ancestors that have like, you know, elements of synchronicity and magic that, that our listeners I know will love to hear. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the, uh, a recent one, this was a kind of a favorite. I've been um, one of the main characters in the, well, let me, let me back up just a bit. First, the, the Maxwell curse is a three part book. So it's three separate books, sort of like the Lord of the Rings is three it's a trilogy. Um, and book number one that I'm working on right now, they're, they're out of order. The first book that I'm writing is about uh, the event that happened in 1924 with the, the coal mine explosion. And my ancestors came from Scotland 
to the United States uh, because of this huge opportunity to work in one of the best minds in the world, one of the best, safest minds in the world. So those are the people that I started writing about. And those are the ones whose astrology reports I ran. And as I was beginning to work with two particular uh, characters, uh, one was my, my great-grandfather and his wife, my great-grandmother, and I, uh, I ran their, their reports and a compatibility report. And I read his, so I was like, okay, I, I have a pretty good idea of what his personality was like. And it sort of fit what my intuition had told me. And then I picked up hers and I kept hearing a voice. I didn't know who it was, but this voice was saying, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And it was, I mean, adamant, this is wrong. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll put it down. And then I noticed something that I had completely forgotten about that her birth date on that specific chart, I had run that report months ago, and I'm just now getting around to it, uh, to reading it. But in the meantime, I discovered that the birth date that I was working from was off of her headstone. And it, when I looked at the uh, records, the official records on the Scottish People's website, uh, her date of birth was off by like a year and a day. So wow. it was a completely different report. And that's why this voice saying, this is wrong, this is wrong, prompted me to go wow. and check again. And I ran a new report which gave her a completely different personality and the way that they interacted was completely different. So if I hadn't listened to that insistent voice telling me this is wrong, I'd have had her character completely wrong in the book. And I just, I just love that I've, I've evolved isn't the right word, but it's the best one I can come up with right now that, that I've uh, personally evolved to the point where I can listen to those kinds of things and go, all right, I hear you. I'm not just going to ignore this and, and keep moving on. So that was that was one of my favorites. Um, I've got another one. I've, I've actually told this story in uh, in one of the summit recordings, but not everybody here has heard them. Uh, Hopefully my, they will. <laughs> yeah, my, my great grandmother, uh, Helen, uh, little John, this is the woman I was just talking about, her little brother, uh, was named Buchan. It's B-U-C-H-A-N for those who've never heard the name. Uh, well, Helen ended up raising Buchan once their mother died uh, when she was 14 and he was four. So she became the woman of the house and had to take care of a passel of little ones. And uh, so Buchan was her, her little baby, her little baby brother. And uh, he ended up going off to fight in World War One, And because Helen was his next of kin. As far as he was concerned, his parents were both dead by this time. She was his second mom. So she was marked down as his next of kin. So after he was killed in 1916, um, a couple of years later, the, uh, the monarchy uh, put together these, uh, their, their memorial plaques. There they were these bronze memorial plaques about this size. And uh, they're called a dead man's penny, if anybody wants to Google it. Um, so anyway, Helen would have received one of these things with Buchan's name on it. And uh, I, did, I was completely unaware of these things. But a couple of years ago, I was contacted on Ancestry.com by a woman in Tacoma, Washington. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and my family emigrated to Utah. So there's no, there's no connection to any of these places. So, so this woman said, we found this thing in our backyard 50 years ago. We were building our house 
and uh, we were digging up the dirt, you know, breaking ground, and we found this thing. Do you have any idea where it came from or if this is your family member? Because there are two Buck and Little Johns that died in the war. One was my Buck and the other one was their cousin. So I had to track down whether this memorial plaque that this woman found buried in her ground in Tacoma, Washington was the same Buckin. And it turned out that Helen would have received this, this plaque in, I believe it was like 1919 or 1920. And then she came to the States, settled in Utah, and then she died shortly afterwards. She died of cancer at the age of 38. And then her brother was the superintendent of the mine. So after Helen died and then her husband was killed in this mine explosion, this memorial plaque would have gone to the possession of her older brother. So that means this thing was in Utah. How did it get to Tacoma, Washington? Again, through ancestry research and for asking, okay, show me the way, show me the way. I finally found that the older brother's daughter had moved to Tacoma, Washington and through tracing all the records, discovered that she lived right next door to the house that was being built, that these people were building their, their, you know, their house on this lot. So she sent it to me and I've cut it right here. This belonged to my great grandma, Helen Little John Cochran, and his name, Buck and Little John, is engraved right here. And I'm firmly convinced that it was Buckin's doing that this ended up in my hands because I'm so, I guess, let's just say obsessed with the family history. So that's another one of my favorite stories. That is so fascinating. I mean, that's the thing. You can't make this stuff up, you know, and you're obviously meant to have that because you're carrying the torch. You're going to bring this whole thing out to the light and, and put the story out that they want. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also believe that Buckin really wants his story told, uh, because he's, he's a really strong voice. He's a very, uh, a powerful force behind this whole thing. He died when he was 22 and he died too young. He should not have been killed in the war. And, and uh, I mean, I've got other stories about uh, Buckin where um, when I went to Scotland uh, to, uh, to do research into this family, uh, I visited the, um, there's a memorial uh, built for the, the specific areas uh, World War One veterans and his names on it. So I went to visit it and, you know, did my, paid my respects and visited where he was born and went through the local uh, genealogy center to find any records that I could find about him. So I've learned a lot about what happened to him, where he died, where he was buried, what happened to his body. I mean, I know as much as can possibly be known about this guy. And when, but when I came back from Scotland, let me backtrack. While I was in Scotland, I got really, really sick. And when mm. I came home uh, a couple of weeks later, it had turned into a sinus infection. And mm. one day I was laying on the couch just, uh, and as I was sort of in and out of consciousness, you know how you just, that's where, you know, messages come in when you're in that state of mind. I felt this sinus infection. It was, it was really starting to hurt. I mean, really hurt to the point where I was concerned that I might need to go to a doctor about this. But as I laid there trying to decide, okay, do I go to the doctor? Do I just let this pass? It got bigger and bigger and bigger, the pain did. And then suddenly it just went and the pain was completely gone. But it also felt like this side of my face was completely gone. And uh, so I was like, 
did he get shot in the face? Is that how he was killed? Am I reliving his experience here? And uh, so I was like, well, let's just say yes. You know, we can never prove these things. That's the thing I hate about this is there's no proving these types of things. You just have to trust your intuition. But then a few months ago, I had a, a session with a medical intuitive after I hosted the uh, Intuitive Medicine Summit for Shift. And uh, I chose her out of all of the other guests because she mentioned that when she does readings, she can tell like if you have injury patterns, whether it came from past life or not. And in this lifetime, I've been bashed in the face five or six times to have severe injuries. I've broken my nose. I've broken my teeth. I've had surgery done. My face has undergone a lot of, uh, a lot of damage over the years. So I was asking her, what's this pattern? And she said, I see that in a recent past life, you died in world war one and you were shot in the face so wow yeah so again i believe in that yeah i can't prove it i wish i could but you know when you get those kinds of messages from different people it you kind of have to go all right it's it's a very strong possibility that maybe i was fucking little john in a, in a past life. And now that's why I feel so strongly about telling this story because he died too young and he wasn't done. You know, he has work to do and he's just, he's full of piss and vinegar and he really wants this story told. So he, it feels like he's propelling me to do this. So whether I was actually him in a former life or not, it's almost irrelevant, but it's certainly interesting. I am a huge believer in that. You know, I've got different case studies in my Heal Your Ancestors book, but because of that book, it's caused more people to want this work done. And I recently did um, work with a woman who had experienced very consciously that she was one of her own ancestors. So I know that this happens. And I think it's so important what you're saying, because, you know, it's speaking to faith in general, right? I mean, we believe in a higher power and yet we really can't see that. And I feel like, that same space through which we, you know, attract our own faith is, is the same area that we need to be tapping into when we think about we're getting these feelings from somewhere. And so, you know, if it's empowering for us to then have, just have faith that this is it, then there's healing that can come from that as you've proven. I mean, so I, I, I'm a believer, you know, that you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> well, you can, but you have to be really creative. <laughs> it's, it's I, never yeah. as good as this, though. You yeah, know, yeah. I don't know. Well, to the point where I'm confident enough to tell the story to, uh, you know, I mean, to people who are watching this, people I'll never know, for me to feel confident enough to put myself out there and tell this story, um, you know, with plenty of caveats that I can't prove it. I know I can't right. prove it, but it's it's a pretty interesting set of coincidences isn't it it definitely is i think it also gives people um permission to trust their own intuition about the weird things that are happening you know because weird synchronicities are happening and so i think it's very empowering to do what you've done which is to listen and follow through especially because it seems so clear that your ancestors really do want to bring these messages through it's so important and I think it helps everybody the more that we do listen to these kinds of, of feelings and thoughts and synchronicities that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the way that I look at it too, is that even if it's not 
true. Even if someday I can prove that I'm wrong about all of this, at this point in time, it doesn't really matter because it's causing me to make positive changes in my life in the hopes of helping other people to learn what's possible. And if I find out at another time that it was that was inaccurate, well, then it served its purpose for now. And I will willingly admit, you know what, I was wrong about that. Absolutely. That's a great point. Because as long as the internal feeling that you're having is positive, which it has been, and you're making wonderful changes and helping others, then there it is. Like you said, it's awesome. Complete awesomeness. Speaking of awesomeness, how we will have the links below, but can you tell us your websites and how we can reach you for more information? Simple enough, lisabonis.com. Uh, if you visit there, you'll find links to to my blog and my Facebook page. I'm not terribly active on Instagram. I guess I think I'm just a little too old for Instagram because I don't really get what's the what's the appeal. But uh, I do have an Instagram account. I'm on Twitter as well. But mostly um, I'm I'm on Facebook because, like I said, I'm old, and that's where we old people hang out. I hang out on Facebook myself. I have Instagram, but I only use it to put it on Facebook. So yes. yeah, but I hear you. It's it's a it's a brave new world out here. I don't know. I heard a term recently. They were calling someone um, BG, which means before Google. <laughs> They were around. They were live before Google. Can anyone even imagine such a thing happening? I, I know. Thought, I used oh to uh, back in the '90s. I used to build web pages. It was one of my first uh, first jobs in uh, in the computer world, and I taught myself how to write HTML code. And you know, back in the back in the old days, we wrote through HTML code, and I understood, you know what it all means nowadays pff, i have no idea so they, they've far surpassed my technological knowledge on that stuff back in the old days in one of my other lives within this life i used to sell yellow page advertising i'm sure there's people watching right now who don't even know what i'm talking about so it's it's they very trees just to put phone numbers in them <laughs> Yeah, what is that? I know we're wasting trees and hurting the environment. This is horrible. But that's how we used to roll, kids. I hate to tell you, we did the best we could. So the other thing I want to mention to friends at home, um, Lisa has just interviewed me for the upcoming episode of the Ancestral Healing Summit on the Shift Network. She is phenomenal. I'm so grateful to everybody at Shift Network, and it's an incredible opportunity. We hope that you will check this out because there's so much valuable information and that's another point i wanted to make lisa don't you think it's fascinating how the western world now really is finally starting to catch up with the idea that it is so important to honor those who have come before us our ancestors absolutely because when i first started hosting the summit this will be the the fourth one coming up so for the first year i spent a lot of time and effort uh, booking speakers that could prove that this is real. Uh, lots of um, scientists and doctors to talk about epigenetics, about how trauma is actually passed down physically through, uh, it doesn't change the DNA, but it changes how the DNA is expressed. So there's physical proof 
that ancestral healing is a real thing. I interviewed shamans to talk about how to actually do shamanic journey work to, to do your own healing, et cetera. Um, psychologists, experts all around. And I think after we got to a point of proving it, okay, we know this is real now. I don't have to prove it anymore. Now we're moving into uh, more experiential uh, interviews. And this year's summit is going to feature people who, as far as I know, uh, I didn't find them last year. I allow spirit to locate the people uh, who, who appear, even though I might invite these people over here. These are the people who, who responded and who, who were moving forward with. So these things have a life of their own. And this year, we've got some really interesting new conversations that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, me too. It's super exciting just to see how we're all, like you said, we're just changing and evolving. We're learning more. We're doing different things and just uh, everyone's gone their journey, just opening up to new ways of being. So pretty awesome. So I want to thank you for being on the show and friends, we have done it again. You met another one of my amazing friends, the fabulous Lisa Bonice. I want you to go to her website and check out the Generations Oracle and all of her wonderful books. And I will see you next time on the next episode of Healing Arts. We'll be right back. Did you know that scientists now say that up to 50% of your personality is carried over through your DNA? I know, right? It's shocking, but apparently it's true. And that's the reason why you will love my book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life. Through the book, you can take guided journeys into the past and discover places where your ancestors need healing, you can send loving kindness, grace, and healing light to your ancestors and experience the ripple effects as that wonderful energy travels through time and affects all people in your family tree. So check out my book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life from Llewellyn Worldwide. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. That's it for today. So I hope you have a wonderful week. Go sign up for Ancestral Healing Summit because I want to see you there. And then just know I've got a ton of events. I've told you that. So just remember, um, if you want to go check out my website, go to pastlifelady.com. I have a new um, page. I'm calling it About Events and Contact because I'm just trying to have a, a smaller page. But you can see all of my events there, including um, the upcoming guests for Healing Arts Podcast. And another shout out I want to give. Thank you for subscribing to my YouTube channel. I've surpassed 1,000 subscribers, which was one of my big goals, so I want to thank you for that. If you want to see the show 
and see Lisa and I talking or any of the other guests, just go to the Past Life Lady channel on YouTube. Just type Past Life Lady in the search bar. All right, dear one. Now listen, I'm praying for you. We're going to get through this. Remember, your ancestors did it. We can do it too. And I've got complete confidence in you. So you take care. And I can't wait till we get together again on the next episode of Healing Arts. You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at Past Life Lady or connect with me on Facebook at Past Life Lady.